Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I'm joined today uh, by David Riley from Blue Bay Asset Management, Chief Investment Officer there. And uh, for, for many Canadians, uh, obviously our, our, our ties to the UK are, 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 are well-established and historic, and many of us watch with interest what's going on around the uh, Brexit uh, negotiations and the Brexit, what, what's evolving with Brexit, what's been happening there. But of course, with COVID-19, the U.S. election, uh, it's sort of been lost in, uh, in, in a lot of other headlines. Uh, so, so I thought I'd ask David, who, uh, who tracks this extremely closely over in London, uh, about what's happening with Brexit. And, and I, I guess the big news, David, more recently is, is, is the U.K. Is, 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 as they're pushing things along, uh, maybe breaking international law. Can you explain how that could 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 work out? Yeah, sure. Uh, good to speak to you, uh, Dave. And you know, it was a pretty jaw-dropping moment when we had a British minister stand up in the House of Commons and confirm that uh, legislation that's being proposed by the current government would, in fact, break international law. Now, you know, us Brits have a kind of self-image of a sort of law-abiding nation. Our, our word is our is, is our bond, and it's sparked a huge amount of controversy. We've had former prime ministers lining up to condemn it. Um, we've had, um, obviously, fury from the European Union because, essentially, the UK government is proposing new uh, legislation, which is an internal market um, bill in preparation for when the UK leaves the European single market and customs union at the um, end of this uh, end of this year. So, as, as you know, it's already left the EU legally, but hasn't left the sort of economic um, structures. And in that legislation, it basically overrules the Northern Ireland Protocol, which is part of the withdrawal agreement, uh, which is an international treaty, and, and so would therefore uh, uh, break uh, in, 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 would break international law. So. It's you know it's 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 a it's a certainly been a, a very big deal in terms of you know within within the UK and made the relationship and the negotiations between the EU and the UK which weren't going particularly well in any case very very acrimonious. So 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 David, where where does this end up? Uh, is is are we ultimately heading for some kind of a Canadian style? Uh, trade deal with with, with Europe, or, or or does it just completely unravel? What where do you think we're headed here? The way that this is, um, I mean, this legislation and the way that it breaks the withdrawal agreement is, you you know, your listeners might remember sort of the, the whole issue around Ireland and a hard border um, on the island of Ireland, and you know, the Good Friday peace agreement back from the nineteen nineties. Uh, a key part of that is to have an open. Uh, border between the, the the north and the south, and and the way that it does that is if there's no trade deal between the UK and the EU, if there's no tariff-free, quota-free trade deal along the lines of the the deal that Canada has with the um, European uh, Union, then it basically keeps that border on Ireland open by shifting it between Northern Ireland and mainland UK, in other words, uh, Great Britain. So it kind of creates a border down 
um, a customs border down um, the Irish Sea. And this legislation basically says, no, 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 if we don't get a deal with the um, EU, we're, good, we're, we're going to ignore that, which is why Nancy Pelosi had a walk-on part on the Brexit saga when she said, well, if, if, if you breach what we consider to be the Good Friday Agreement, you can kiss goodbye to any idea of a UK-US um, uh, uh, trade deal. And I think Joe Biden has um, said uh, sort of something similar. So, you know, why is this happening? What does it mean to your, to your point, Dave, about the chances of UK securing a uh, trade deal? Uh, there's lots of interpretations going around, but I mean, my interpretation is that you know, the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, is up in the stakes. He's demonstrating his willingness to contemplate a no deal in order to secure you know, a more favourable outcome from the negotiations. It's, it's basically a Trump strategy. You create a crisis, uh, you create noise and fury, then you compromise to resolve it. And of course, in the process, you claim a big win. So I, I still think on balance, um, it's more likely than not that the UK and the EU who are still negotiating will secure, as I say, a sort of Canada style, um, a Canada style trade deal. And if they do, then this breach of the treaty and international law basically gets resolved and goes away. So in one respect, it's it's like big news, but in other respects, it actually doesn't change anything fundamentally. It still really does depend on getting a trade deal um, between the EU and UK, and, and time is running out for that. That needs to basically be done you know, over the next several weeks by the end of October. So, so mixed in that response, by the way, is is one of the most uh, concise and effective descriptions of uh, of the current president's negotiating style and approach to negotiations. <laughs> so go back and re-listen to that a few years because because I, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, but 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 David, let's just finish off with so so b- between what's going on with Brexit, Brexit, and then obviously. Uh, the UK being one of the harder hit nations around the world with respect to COVID-19 we were discussing before, uh, seems like a second wave is coming on. That has left the UK economy uh, really struggling and, and really struggling relative to other developed countries in, in terms of the impact it's going to have on GDP this year. Uh, could, could you talk about the state of the, of the UK economy right now uh, relative to uh, Canada, US and some of the other large economies around the world? Yeah, well, in, in one word, I could describe the British economy as bad. In two <laughs> words, in two words, very bad. Um, so the, the, the UK economy is going to contract by at least 10 percent. Uh, this year, wow. and and to compare that with with Canada, um, I think Eric's forecasting around about a sort of six percent, five six percent contraction in um, Canadian GDP, which you know is still a pretty bad recession for you guys, but um, it's it's you know half the size of what's happening in um, the, the the UK, and you know I think that's in part because the UK economy wasn't in a particularly strong position coming into this crisis, and then. Uh, the UK was particularly badly hit by um, the uh, pandemic. We came out of lockdown somewhat later. And now you're absolutely right, uh, Dave. I mean, there's about 10 million people in the UK right now who are being subject to additional new um, restrictions in terms of you know social gatherings. Um, you know, uh, for example, in uh, northeast of England, uh, Newcastle, if, if, if some of your listeners are familiar with it, but it's, it's a bit of a, you know, 
party place and uh, they've now imposed a curfew as well, a 10 o'clock in, in the evening curfew, which is not going down um, uh, particularly well, particularly with uh, uh, sort of younger people. And then you put Brexit on top. Now, if we don't get a um, deal between the European Union and uh, the, 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 the UK, you know, almost 50% of UK exports go to the EU. They will be subject to tariffs, including on things like autos, food um, as, as, as well. Um, and I do think that would have a pretty meaningful impact on uh, the UK economy. I think that's going to show up in terms of then the Bank of England, dare I say, if, if we don't get a deal, I think the Bank of England will respond with negative interest rates. So we might join the negative interest rate club as as, 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 as well. Like Sterling would come off uh, uh, you know, by 10% as well in, in, in that scenario. It's also going to be you know a, a hit for... Uh, the European Union, but I think the European Union, you know, obviously is collectively less exposed uh, to to the UK. Although it's clearly going to be bad news for for Ireland as well. So the stakes are pretty high for all sides, which is why I still think we're just about get over the get over the line. Um, but I'd say right now the market is probably pricing a sort of sixty percent chance if you look at sterling um, of a deal being done, and I think that's probably um, about uh, about fair. So, you know, it's 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 going to go down to the wire. Wow. Well, uh, I, I, again, uh, it's it, it's unfortunate that uh, again, particularly in North America, uh, Brexit has somewhat been pushed to uh, to the back pages of the newspaper. But that is a that's a fantastic update. And uh, and obviously something that uh, investors all around the world should be uh, should be monitoring closely. And let's keep our fingers crossed that things play out uh, the uh, with 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 the best result. David, thank you uh, as always, and and hopefully we can uh, we can we can connect again uh, over the next couple of months and and get an update on how things are progressing. Thanks, thanks very much, Dave. Thanks, David. Bye.